are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows. Here are your hosts. They're long and fucked. This is a capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. This is episode 61. This is a subsidiary of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. It sounds so official if I say it that way, Miles. It does. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And this is the listener feedback show, the place where we spoil everything. But in the middle of that, we are going to give you a little bit of news tonight because we aren't really doing a regular show. No, you you and the family are going to get a chance to get away for a little yeah, while. Yeah, we are going to Legoland, Florida. Well, that and Disney and everything else that we do down there. But we're looking forward to getting away. And so I just don't have the time to put together and edit a show. So listener feedback show. We have an interview with Mer Lafferty. We're going to be bringing you a little bit later on down the road. And um, it'll all be good times. When you're down there, you see what they do with the Star Wars uh, theme park ride. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's going to – is that in um, MGM Studios, Hollywood Studios? I think it's MGM Studios, then, yeah. Then you know what? I, we, I won't see it because oh, okay. all we're hitting – we definitely are hitting Magic Kingdom. Come mm-hmm. on. Fairy yeah. Tale Princess, right? Obligatory, yeah. Um, Legoland's obligatory for my son who's into Legos. Oh, right. Um, but uh, we're in a toss-up between Epcot and Animal Kingdom. Oh, okay. Or whatever they call Animal mm-hmm. – I guess Animal Animal Kingdom. I don't know what it's called. But, mm-hmm. um, so we're going down there and I just don't have a lot of time to put into the editing of it, So, which is why we aren't doing a regular show per se. But, but your listeners are going to get some uh, some good content tonight. You absolutely are, and we're excited to bring this to you. One of the things we're excited about is, Miles, we didn't really share this, but this is the last show before shore leave. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because when we would record, it would be the Thursday before shore leave, and that's just overkill. Right. So we're gonna I'm going to spend enough time with you over that weekend, Miles, and I'm going to love every bit of it. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying. But too know, much of a good thing is still too much. <laughs> right, right. And But we did get confirmed that we have at least three interviews lined up, and we're really hoping we're going to have a ton more. Oh, sure, uh, sure. Who are the interviews that we have lined up at this point? Uh, we have a confirmed interview with uh, Jane Weiland. Um, listeners who grew up back in the 80s will know her as one of the Go-Go's, but uh, Star Trek fans will know her from her um, – she, she did uh, – she did guest star in that in in Star Trek: um, uh, The Voyage Home, and she's also done a lot of voice work for you know animation and cartoons and stuff. Right. And uh, Vic, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing the gentleman's name correctly. Uh, Vic Mignogna. Um He is um, he has done lots of voice work himself, but he's also going to be playing uh, the new Captain Kirk in uh, the independent. Uh, Fan film series of Star Trek Returns. Oh, so you were excited to talk to him about that. We're all into fan films. Absolutely. And, um, and also, um, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Vander, um, prob- you know, she's more of a character actress, but she, you know, if you've seen Star Trek Voyager and if you've seen, um, Stargate, um, SG1, um, she, she, she has been on those shows. So we're, we're really looking forward to speaking with her too. Oh, yeah. And, if you have questions for any of these folks, mm-hmm. just write in and say – and let us know ahead of time so we can kind of work them into all the questions we're going to ask. 
we would love to ask your questions and you know we'll mention your name as well about who's asking unless you don't want and then we won't mention your name but we'll mention your name sure. we'll, we'll kind of share the questions that you want to ask and um and you can kind of get your voice kind of inadvertently be there at the con this is best way we we, we can know, or know how to have you can vicariously experience it with us as many of you right. you know but um um let's see LeVar Burton, Jordy LaForge himself, he's one of the guests there. Um, Kate Mulgrew, Captain Janeway herself, she's going to be there. Uh, William, Ryan Robbins? Ryan Robbins. Um, um, you know, he, he, uh, tons of stuff. Um, now, now he's in Falling Skies, but most but just before that, he was in Sanctuary. Um, and, and Caprica. Caprica, Ballister Galactica. You name it. Uh, Henry, in, he was Henry in, in um, Sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, William Decker. He was uh, John Connor in uh, yep. Sarah Connor Chronicles. He was. Uh, he was in Heroes. He, Heroes also. Yeah. Um, and and he it, was in. He was. He's in something right now. Yes, I don't know the series. He's, he, so he he is working on something now. Yeah. And and the other actors we named too. So um, very good guest list. If you have questions for any of these guests. Um, we're hoping to interview them all. We are going to try. Yes, we are going to try. Yeah. And uh, we did a pretty good job last year. So yeah, we I think did. We got them all. Last year. I, I, yeah, I think we did get them all last year. So, so, so that you know, we don't always, and we mm-hmm. may not. You know, we'll, we'll get you know, we'll, we'll get whatever. But mm-hmm. we um, we just really, we really hope. But if you have questions for any of these folks, you let us know. So absolutely, yeah. Well, Miles, <coughs> what's been going on in your sci-fi world this past uh, week and a half? Well, um, I've um, watched a couple. Um, um, movies, uh, on, on, one on Netflix and one on Amazon um, streaming. I watched uh, Superman versus the Elite. I couldn't wait till it comes out on DVD. It takes a long time before it comes out on DVD for rental. And so that, that was pretty good. Um, animated, I assume. Oh, absolutely. It was yeah. animated. Yeah. It was um, – took a little – the animation was – I wasn't as that much a fan of the animation, but the story was very good. It, it took Sar- Superman some – you know, darker territory. What, now, was the animation that different from other animation you've seen, or is this a different company that's putting it out? I mean, what's going on? It's the same company that I, it's, it's DC still doing it, but just being that these are standalone movies, standalone productions, the you know people who produce them have a little more freedom as far as the look of. So uh, maybe different animators in on it, and stuff. Right, 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 right. So, but um, but yeah, as far as the story was excellent. Um, Maybe we'll, when we talk about the new uh, Arrow show, I, I'm gonna reference that. Okay. Um, I also saw uh, Conan the Barbarian, the, the, the new with Jason Momoa. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I and so that. I enjoyed it. Bit brutal. Um, so um, this is you know, there's a reason why it has a rated uh, it's rated R. And it's not just the brutality. It's not just the brutality, <laughs> but but it does have plenty of brutality. I mean, it's you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's Game of Thrones, you know, like brutality. <laughs> we, were, we were commenting, and that Jason didn't stray too far from his. Uh, you know, to to do Game of Thrones. No, he just spoke English in this movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Which was which was, I guess, mm-hmm. plus. But. Uh, also, I uh, bought a new uh, a novel for my um, Kindle. It's a new Stargate Atlantis novel, um, the, the latest one in that series. And so I'm about a third of that through the, there, and I'm enjoying that too. Very good, very good. Plus all the other stuff I'm watching, you know, Falling Skies. and Yeah, I'm not caught up in Falling Skies, but we're going to spoil it anyways because I'm totally into that. In fact, uh, I don't think it's on the list. So if we don't get to talk to it, maybe we should talk to it at the very end of the show. Okay. Because I'm totally fine with that. Okay. Um, I'm not caught up in Falling Skies this week. So I did watch last week's, but I think we recorded last Tuesday, right? So mm-hmm. um, we covered that. Um, was this week's Falling Skies 
you know, a follow-up? Was it good? I mean, did it kind of take a new direction? I mean, we, it, we kind of developed yeah. this idea of what was it, Ben and his powers and mm-hmm. and not trusting. Was that pushed out further? It it was well, it was. It, it took a direction. Hal's girlfriend that got kidnapped, right, by the skitters. They they, they find her, and, and the the harness has been taken off her back, but she has the spikes. And so at first, you know, Ben is saying, "Don't trust her. Don't you know." She keep her under lock and key, whatever. Um, now, did they find her like they found the uh, oh the other kid they found that end up. Well, they found what they what was happening was uh, Hal and uh, Maggie were on patrol, and there's you know he's obviously interested in her, and she's sort of interested in him, but she's trying to tell him to back off. She's bad for him or whatever. And then they find what they find is these bodies, these children, buried in these leaves, and all the harnesses are taken off, and Hal's you know, old girlfriend is is among them, but she's alive, and so. But all the rest are dead. But all the rest are dead. How um, convenient. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and uh, the captain, we find the the um, situation with him when he got bit by the the, the harness. Um, he he is. Is that deteriorating a little bit? Well, he, he gets treated, but he gets you know they have they, that that's part of the the story also is um, he gets. You know, taken out because of the, the, the disease, whatever it spreads in his body, and he, he basically, you know, he's incapacitated. So they have to find a way to uh, to cure him. And so right. that, that, that that that's explored. So that begins. That's another facet of this journey that they're mm-hmm. on. Right. Um, anything new with um, Tom? Is it uh, Tom? Is Tom? Um, just more with his relationship with. Um, I forget her name, but um, Moon Blood Goods character, the doctor yeah. for, for the for, for the second mass. You know, the, their their growing relationship. And what about John Pope? Um, we see Our him. Pope. We we do see him come back. We oh, do, we do. Tor- towards the, you know towards the end, we do we see need, him. We needed Pope back because he was just a loose cannon that you needed. He he definitely makes things more interesting. <laughs> yeah, he does. Now, how about uh, Mr. Robbins' character? He's still in. He's still in. I'm trying to remember. He was in the show, but he he didn't play as big a role um, in this one. Well, well, they did send him and a team to look for more diesel and more fuel, and um, he did come back with uh, you know more, more diesel. diesel, more fuel, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, he was featured in there too. So there's a lot of character. It's it, it, a lot of characters in that show. So it's it's feeling. You know, when we talk about char- a character centric show, we're talking uh, a show that's really on the scale of Battlestar Galactica in, in a lot of ways. I mean, think mm-hmm. of all the characters Battlestar had and how each one had their moments, and then sometimes they were background, but then sometimes they were forefront. This this show really has that same feel. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, and you really are getting into there's a, there's a, there's a, we're 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 creating an atmosphere where we care about these characters. All right. I mean, if if and the I, good, the bad, the ugly. Go ahead. Absolutely. Abs- I mean, well, you I mean John Pope? I mean, you wouldn't want him hanging around you, but at the same time, he's he's entertaining to watch. I mean, right, uh, right. he's he you know he's he's funny. He's you know irreverent, and I mean, he does. I mean, he did t- turn things around with it. Yeah, well, I was going to say you wouldn't want him hanging around you, but you kind of would want him hanging around you because you, he, when yeah. someone needed to do the job that didn't no one else wanted to do because of the ethics, he'd do it. Well, you kind of not, not only do you want you know you need John Pope. Yeah, I mean, you do. You do. Yeah, you do. Um, 
Well, that's a good – thank you for talking mm-hmm. a little bit about it. I'm looking forward to watching the episode. Sure. It's on my iPad. I'm ready to watch it on the plane. Good. I, and, and I didn't give away everything. So there's you know, there's some spoiler. There's some things in there. There's some things that may surprise you. I told yeah. you. But listeners, if you're watching Falling Skies, let us know what you're thinking of, where the season's at. And you know, we obviously won't have a show until after shore leave. Let us know what you're thinking about the opening of Warehouse 13 mm-hmm. out, yeah. that comes out this Monday. And, mm-hmm. and Alphas is coming out too. Right. Uh, is that Sunday? I don't know when Alphas comes on. But do you, you know? I don't know. What, no, I'm not sure when Alphas comes back. But out. when Alphas comes back, let us know what you're thinking of these shows that are kind of premiering. These are shows that we're pretty excited about. Oh, yeah. I did see a little bit of news that uh, Janeway is go- and uh, Jerry Ryan, they're going to be making guest appearances in Warehouse 13. Oh, fantastic. I just saw it come down the rumor mill. I don't know if it's true or not, but. I could definitely see, well. Uh, Jane- Janeway could. Yeah, I mean, she played, you know, she's she's a regent and, and she's. She's Pete's, she, she's Pete's mom. So, yeah, we should we should definitely see her again. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking for where, Warehouse 13 is this Monday. I can't wait. Yeah. Logan's Run, I did watch Logan's Run. I'm not quite finished with it, and I kept thinking Barbarella the, <laughs> the whole time because it's, it's, it's old. Oh, it, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. It's probably the oldest movie that we've rewound. That pr- probably date. yeah, that's when it definitely dates itself. Yeah. It definitely dates itself, and there are some things I really like about it, and there's mm-hmm. some things that when you're watching in high definition that you definitely see. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that in our rewind, I was, but I am watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned to you early in the show, I did finally watch my episode four of season three of DS9. Um, it's the episode where Dax, you know, has this song and she begins to change as a person because of this song. Oh, yes. And she's go back. She goes back to the home world. And mm-hmm. all, my daughter got into this episode. I couldn't believe it. She never watched a Star Trek mm-hmm. with me. She sat there riveted about the story and asking questions about it. And, you know, and so it was very cool. From that aspect of thing, yeah, that was that was an interesting thing to do with Dax's character. She had a past life. Dax had a past life that was suppressed and uh, right. was coming out. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that there's some other stuff I watched, but you know, most of what I've been watching has been with my son. He's watching Skunk Fu, which is an animated kung fu skunk thing. There's mm-hmm. nothing sci-fi in that. Um, and uh, I haven't. We haven't watched the latest Tron Leg uh, Uprising because I'm saving that for the plane. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, so I believe that's about it. Um, and you're still listening to We're Live and yeah, podcast. I'm still well. enjoying We're Live. Um, they're taking a break this week, I think, because they're doing they're doing a live reading at um, Comic Con. Comic Con. So, yeah. but so it'll be like two weeks before the ne- next one comes out. But yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, let's jump into uh, some of our listener feedback here, and let's start with the conversation that we had versus digital versus paper. Can you give us a little refresher what that conversation was about when we had it in our last show? Yeah, we we talked about um, what the you know the pros and cons of having you know having the comic book on you know on paper or book on paper. Versus getting digital copies, and one of the one of the the cons against going digital was you you don't own anything physical, you don't you don't own anything to collect or get autographed and, and like that, so you have nothing that can appreciate in value, um, and so that that's definitely a drawback to going digital. Uh, I mean, but the, I mean, I I have a Kindle now, so I mean, I've been using that for the last couple of years. The the pros of having it on digital is sometimes the price is a little little less than buying paperback. Um, I still have boxes of books I've read, so I don't have um, 
I don't need the storage space. So there's, you don't have to worry about storage space issues. Um, and, and it's, it's it, you know, it's, it, you, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, you're, you, it's, you get your, your book or your comic book, you know, delivered, you know, instantaneously in, in the comfort of your own home or, or wherever you are with your, um, your, your, your digital device. And you don't have to like drive anywhere. There's no, I mean, with gas prices, I mean, for a lot of us, if we drive to a comics bookstore and back, that's almost the equivalent of a comic the cost of that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, at the very least. Um, you guys weighed in on this conversation. And so thanks for everyone that did. And if you still want to weigh in, we would love to hear your thoughts on it. In fact, I'm wondering if Jen doesn't weigh in too here. But why don't you read Lee's comment to start off? Lee, Lee wrote in and had this to say about this whole idea of digital versus paper and mm. some of his thoughts on it. So this is what Lee says. Hi, guys. I agree with Scott on books. I can't see paying the same price on books as I, I would on paperless. And on iPad or, or Kindle. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for all the paperbacks I do have in a really nice collection and, and love them all. My wife and daughter ha- have either an iPad or Kindle and keep asking me if I won't, if I want one. And I, I always say ha- now, maybe, but not now, but maybe one day I will. Uh, one other thing from those devices I would never get is that uh, feeling of a book or the smell of one that they can't put on, uh, on those devices. And this is from Lee. Okay. Yeah. So Lee appreciates, you know, how, you know, I mean, he understands the financial reasons for going, you know, digital, but at the same time, and, and he, he speaks for a lot of people. They like the idea of actually having the book in your hands. Um, and it, it is that that's part of the experience of enjoying a good book too, is having the, the, the physical book in your hands. Yeah. I, I mean, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, Jason also wrote in and uh, or a comment, I believe this was on our Facebook fan page to chime in on it. And Jason said, I really want to agree with you and thinking that digital comics should be cheaper, but that would pretty much kill the comic shop business. Why go to a physical comic shop when I can just get the cheaper online? If that was the case, I never go to another comic shop again. On the plus side, it would save the trees. Well, I guess a couple things with with that. I mean, and this is something I have not looked at yet as far as the price of comics, getting them digitally or getting them, um, you know, on paper. Um, I would think, I mean, they could be a little cheaper because one, you don't need the you know the paper and ink to produce them, so you have you you have that. It's just you know it's a digital file. Is change a bad thing? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, here, let, let's play with this a little bit. So let's say that because you offer it digitally right. and a little bit less, people don't buy paper comics. Does that therefore increase the collectability of them because less, fewer people have them? That's a strong possibility. Well, if you have a comic book, if they're still making those available – but mo- but if a large population of the readers is getting them digitally, I would still think that what you know the, the physical comic book would still appreciate in value. You would think because there's fewer of them around because everyone has them digitally, and, right? it, it, and eventually they they will make less. They'll produce less of them because they're not the, the physical ones. The demand, not, the demand is lower, but I would think that would still sell. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Jen kind of weighed in back on this, and um, he, but she she's elaborating more in the books and the reading them on tablet versus paper. 
And uh, do you want to read her comment? I'm Jen. Sure. I did cut – just to be honest, this is Jen from New York. I did cut your comment out of the longer conversation email that we're going to read later on. So mm-hmm. just be aware of that. But it kind of plays into what we're talking about. So I thought well worth us putting it in here. Yeah. So Jen writes in, I'm sure I probably missed the, the, this uh, latest podcast. Yet I also want to elaborate on our last conversation about books and reading them on, on tablet or on paper. It definitely is a double-edged sword these days. It's even a topic I discuss frequently with my friend. Because sure, it's nice and convenient to buy books online these days, but at the same time, I don't want to take away business from such things as comic book stores, libraries, newsstands, bookstores, because it takes away from people who go to these places. But at the same time, I had just recently bought several volumes of The Walking Dead comics for four ninety nine each, when normally in bookstores they are $15 for one. So what So what do you think uh, made my decision easier? Buy it this way? Of course, they're on sale because now they are back up to nine ninety nine, when in reality it's still cheaper than buying at the bookstore. And speaking of money on Amazon, they do give us half off on books when they're hard copies or new ones. And, and Miles, uh, ding, ding, you were correct on, on the actor C. Thomas Howell is. Yes, that was the biggest uh, major role was The Outsiders, and it's a shame. His film career was never really got as far as some of the others in that pick. Oh, you did a good job there, Miles. Yeah, Touche. You know, thank you, Jen. <laughs> yep, yep. So kudos to Miles. You continue to prove your worth as a uh, as a, a fountain of useless yeah. information. <laughs> yes. Yep. You know, she makes uh, another. This is another argument. Another mm-hmm. part of this argument. So if I can go to Amazon and buy my comics or buy my books cheaper than yeah. I buy them in the bookstore, mm-hmm. and then get free shipping on them, you know, when so it doesn't cost me any more than. I'm buying them Amazon. I'm still taking the the sales away from the comic book shop. Mm-hmm. I'm taking them away from the you know the Borders, the Barnes and Nobles. One of the reasons Borders went out of business in this area, right? right. Oh yeah, you know Borders couldn't change with the times. No, no. And, and the question is, it's Barnes and Noble. I mean, they have the Nook. I think they're trying. They're trying to still stay competitive. And maybe, yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know if there's a different how big of a differentiation there is between comics you buy. From a from a and get them sent physically to you, yeah. um, and buying them at a comic book store. I do know what Jen saying is true that I can get books way cheaper, and I'm quite satisfied in some cases to get a used copy that's cheaper. Oh, me too. I've done that many times in the past. Uh, many times, Amazon will sell a book, a used copy of it for a fraction of the cost of buying it new, and it's just you know it makes more sense to do that. And I mean, we're we're looking at it purely from an economic. Sure. And in today's society, you have to. So yeah. how does this play in? I, I, I want to give the artist the artist do. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I, you know, I have to feed my family, right? Right. I mean, I still want to enjoy some of the stuff that's out there. Now, I still buy the, the Star Trek comic books that I'm buying, the one, the, the JJ Verse ones. I am buying it with a local comic book store because I don't have a tablet yet that can do comics that well yet. Right. Maybe when I do, I may make the switch, but – Right now, I'm, I'm getting in with a comic book store, and, and there is the comic book store experience. I like the comic book store experience. And, and you do – and again, you, you, you do lose that. You do lose that by buying them digitally. Yep. You know. Yep. So it's, um, it's a changing world. I don't know if there's right or wrong answers in, in, in this one. Is. It, it just, it just is. is. Now, we talk about you – know, we interviewed uh, some of the authors from Crazy Ape. Press. They're they're trying to stay at you know change with the times right. and still satisfy their customers who if they want a physical copy of their books they're available if they want a digital copy of their books they could do it that way too um, they realize you know the work, publishing has changed selling books has changed and they're they're trying to you know 
change the times and still stay competitive and be able to make money selling their, their books and stuff. I'm going to ask Mer Lafferty this question as well. I think she should weigh in that. I'm sure if, she – If anyone – if anyone. Yeah, I think she would have some – could contribute to that. Yeah. yeah, so we definitely should be asking her that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on. And if you still want to chime in on this whole digital versus paper and give your thoughts and opinions on it, we want to hear them. You can email us at decipheredinerpodcast at gmail.com. Call in at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. 508 We mentioned that Stargate might be getting a reboot. Roland Emmerich saying, let's do a reboot, right? Right. And so Lee chimed in about this whole idea of a reboot. And do you want to read what, read what he had to say? I'd be happy to. I would love a reboot of Stargate, but please don't bring back the old creators after 10 years. Ten seasons of them. I've had enough of them. Now I'm, now I'm going to get hate mail because I said that. Lots of laughs. But if they do reboot, let's start from a different point in time. And maybe change it somewhat and where people would actually die and stay dead. Don't know how many times I saw Daniel die and come back. Anyway, I hope it, it blows my socks off from the lost mind of Lee. Peace yeah, now – yeah, just to be clear, that Roland Emmerich, of course, is looking at this as being a, a movie, and the movies have always been kind of separate, sort right. of, sort of. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, if because I think they're owned by different companies, mm-hmm. you won't see the same actors, at the very least. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's anything to do at all with the TV series. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's its own thing completely. Um, if it happens. If, if it does happen. Um, but I do agree with him that if you're going to bring Stargate back to the small screen, let's make it edgier. Let's make it um, – which I think is what they were trying to do in universe. It didn't quite go over as well as they hoped. Mm-hmm. But let's make it edgier. Let's um, – people let's, – yeah. let's, let's increase the risk. Let's up the ante. Let's you know, make the villain. See, but that, that, that's a tough one. I mean I think – I think that um, – Atlantis did a good job of maybe it was it was a good balance of the campy writing funny characters from SG one, but at the same time there were more serious consequences going on the show because people did die or get lost and you never saw them again in, in Atlantis. I thought Atlantis did a pretty good job of balancing that, and I, and, and so hopefully if, if Stargate would ever come back and on the on on the small screen. It would um, still have that spirit of uh, the you know the the way the characters inter- interact with each other. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same characters, but um, um, so that, that that would be my thing. If it's, I think after watching the first two series, after I watched Universe, I can see why many Stargate fans felt kind of alienated. Uh, they couldn't make that leap to Universe. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, let's move on. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, I'm all for Stargate. Bring Stargate back. Me right? too. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm with you, Lee, and and, uh, and I don't think your mind's so lost. So I'm just saying. Hmm. So, um, so Colin called in all the way from England and wanted to give us thoughts on two movies. One I was mildly interested in, one we interviewed the creator of, so I'm very interested. He talks about Iron Sky and Abram Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Hmm. We're going we're gonna to see what he has to say about those. From England. Uh, I thought he'd give you a couple of movie reviews, seen as I've been the pictures again lately. Uh, first of all, I've seen um, Iron Sky on DVD, and I thought it was mad as a hatter, completely over the top. Definitely tongue in cheek and absolutely brilliant all at the same time. So, you know, if 
People have been criticising it for loads, for various reasons, I know, over here, but I just thought it was... Stick your tongue firmly in your cheek and go along for the ride of what it would have been like to make a film with 50s-type nostalgia in regards to the way they shot it and the weapons and so on and so forth. I mean, it's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's kind of sort of a black comedy. You know, Nazis attacking Earth from the moon... In flying saucers, it was, <laughs> it was completely um, different, completely throws you off at tangents and totally entertaining all at the same time, which, alas, cannot be said for Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Brilliant premise. Um, alas, the execution wasn't there. Why, why too many slow-motion scenes? Why too many? I mean... Every time they're going into a fight, there was a slow motion scene. I mean, they even had slow motion scenes when they're running down corridors. It was like watching a six million dollar man all over again. It was, it was, he just completely pulled you out the film because the action didn't flow because they kept slowing it down. It was nice to see vampires being vampires and not twinkle and sparkly and so on and so forth, you know, traditional vampires. And some of the set pieces were brilliant and uh, the fact that the crew played it straight when it was definitely supposed to be like tongue-in-cheek just made it that more entertaining. But the overuse of slow motion just kept pulling me out of the film and it just it just kept ruining it. Iron Sky, out of five, I'd give it four. Abraham Lincoln, out of five, two and a half. You know, it, I wouldn't go to the cinema to see. I might see if it comes on the telly, but... I wouldn't even bother with the DVD. So, anyway, have a great day in Canada, guys. Live longer podcast, and I'll speak to you soon. Well, thank you, Colin, for your candid review of both those movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow, he would not even rent Abram Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Colin, your problem is you just don't have an opinion about anything. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Um, uh, no, I'm glad you, you know, spoke your mind. I mean, um, if it was... You know, I was mildly interested in this movie. And mm-hmm. it, it may be one, since I'm a member of Netflix, I'm not paying anything extra for it, that I may actually, you know, watch it. And maybe, like you said, if it becomes instant streaming, I'll watch it sometime. Mm-hmm. I imagine it will. Yeah, and, I'm sure it will. And, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help thinking when he mentioned that it's like what, the Bionic Man, that John Drew might like this. I mean, oh, he, has right. a, he has that new Cyborg podcast he's doing on the Bionic Man and the... Yeah. The six million dollar man and the bionic woman, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so he, you know, maybe, um, maybe he would enjoy this. He might appreciate that. We should tell. We should tell John. That he really needs to see this movie. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln versus the vampires. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, maybe they should make one: Abraham Lincoln versus a bionic man. Ooh, you know, bionic man gets sent back in time, and they they battle it out, and well, they can do all these slow motion scenes that would fit. Well, it is an alternate history, so why not? Yeah, <laughs> why not bring it, bring them all in? Mm-hmm. Um, he also talks about Iron Sky. Give Iron Sky thumbs up, high props. Yeah, I, I do want to see this movie, and so the, the Colin gave it some good reviews. I definitely want to see it more. Now he mentioned there's been some controversy over this, uh, probably because it's a black comedy, and I'm guessing maybe because it deals with the Nazis coming and taking over the world again. Yeah, Maybe. I could see. I, I suppose I can so. See that. Right. I mean, you don't see much anything comedic about Nazis. Um, 
unless you go back uh, decades ago and they did that TV show, um, Hogan's Heroes. Um, it's just, it's, it's almost a, yeah, I won't say taboo, but it's just, it's just not done. No, it's, it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does make me want to see it. And, uh, and I, and when, and I, and I did want to see it anyways. And if you get a chance, we did interview T- Timo, it's Timo Vernsula, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, the guy that created it and we, uh, it's back in the archives. I'll have to re-release that again if we did, mm. but Iron Sky, make sure you check it out. I know the interview was rough because we were talking to him in Finland and we didn't have a great Skype connection that day, but, but, uh, but that, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about. The mm-hmm. fact that this is coming out, and I'm hoping that it'll be on Netflix sooner rather than later. Yeah, me too. Um, well, Jen did uh, write in, as I alluded to, she had a much bigger email. And why don't we? Uh, why don't Why don't you take the first two paragraphs, and we'll break because she's talking about the whole costuming thing. Oh yeah, and then she talks about Falling Skies, and then the Star Trek DVDs, and we'll kind of break it up that way. So why don't you take the first two paragraphs, and then we'll stop, we'll break, and then we'll talk about it. Hi, guys. I just wanted to chime in on the superhero question. I actually think it's a way better idea to have a disguise than not, only because as much as I've loved Superman in any of the incarnations, and the same old arguments come up is, why didn't anybody ever figure out that Clark was Superman? Was it because they were looking at him with rose-colored glasses and holding on that little faith and hope that they were hoping that there is this ordinary-looking, bumbling guy couldn't be Superman? I mean, Batman had the uh, right idea that the whole whole head mask thing, um, same thing with Captain America, even though they did not know who he was. But at least with, with, with Batman Batgirl, they go on with the regular lives without worrying too much about somebody figure, finding out. I think if I were a superhero or had abilities, I would think uh, I would wear a full head mask and so it could hide my entire face and maybe a wig too, although it would get too hot with, with that in the summertime. Yeah, so uh – uh I, I kind of agree with her on Superman. I mean, is society that dense that they can't put, you know, Clark's? I mean, glasses really don't mask your face, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, he would wear his hair a little differently, but um, yeah, someone figured it out. It was a little. It was, it was a little. The, the, the writers were asking a lot of us to suspend our disbelief with that, but which we did, and we were willing. We were willing to do we it. We did it. But I thought he was Smallville. Um, I mean, Clark. Never wore glasses. He only wore them once. Um, I forget something happened to his eyes, and he wore glasses for one episode. And I'm thinking, well, this could this is this is good. Maybe they can you know transition him to you know, hey, I like the glasses. Look, I'll, I'll just keep wearing these. But no, they didn't. And then um, and so that tra- that you know that's even asking us more to believe because. He doesn't have his face disguised at all, you know, right. in his real persona and then his superhero persona. Yeah, and at least Batman, I think the Shadow, and there's others that that you know, if you have a mask, at least something over your eyes, mm-hmm. then your your identity is a bit more concealed. Superman is nothing, but then again, he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else has you know has their um, Wonder Woman? I mean, yeah, I mean. She, no, no disguise there. No real disguise. Uh, definitely no, you know, no, not much of a disguise there. No, definitely not. Um, I guess Robin, Robin, but Robin, Robin has like the eye pieces, right? He has a mask over his eyes, but uh, that's just something that the writers are asking us to do is suspend our disbeliefs that these these people are putting it, these people are succeeding in fooling everybody with their um, 
Spider-Man goes full body. I mean, full body costume. Oh, yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, that's his disguise, mm-hmm. right? Who's behind the mask? Mm-hmm. I think I definitely think having a disguise definitely works better. But whether you want a flowing cape out behind you may not be the best thing. Uh, we learned that lesson in um, The Incredibles. We we, we certainly did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen went on to talk about uh, watching Falling Skies. Here was, here's what she has to say. Anyways, just got finished watching Falling Skies. What did you think of the drama unfolding? When I knew eventually Karen had to come back like that, I just wasn't sure how. I had a feeling she was probably going to try and lure Ben back to the skitters or to get to the good alien Red Eye. I think you guys were calling him. But they are like bionic kids with scales in them. Um, but next week's looks really sick from the preview with all those little skitters. Yuck. Yeah. Well, so she she loves this as well, and yeah, red eye, I, red eye. We're calling because I saw that in a in a summary description of the show mm-hmm. somewhere, and I mean he has red eyes. Yeah, yeah, so it works. So how did he play into the episode? Is that one of the parts you don't want to tell me? Actually, we didn't see red eye in this episode. It's not in this episode. No, no. But he's around yet. He's, I mean, they didn't kill him. Oh no, yeah, he's, he's no, they didn't so. kill him. So I'm sure we'll, we'll see him again soon. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, do you want to read uh, the rest of what she has to say? And plus, I hate the fact that the San Diego Comic-Con has uh, come and gone. Someday, that's going on my uh, bucket list of getting there. Mine too, Jen. And speaking of cons, one way how I found out about them was uh, through the Starlog magazine. I used to read all the time. Oh, and this isn't kind of how you used to find about cons is by getting the comic books. The, the comic book stores were a great place to find out what was going on as far as conventions yeah, were going so, on. Yeah. yeah, so she kind of uh, remembers those things. Mm-hmm. Well, she also goes on to talk about Star Trek. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that? And also talk about Star Trek DVDs. That was one of the reasons why I never bought the series on DVD because if you think about it, it almost would have been like buying a whole house because if each season was $100 each – I had taped all of TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and now Netflix has them. And even though that that costs to keep it, yeah. Um, and she says, "Till then, and always enjoy listening to your podcast, Jen from New York." And Jen, we appreciate having you as a listener. We do. For a, she's been a listener for a long time, right? Yeah. So, what do you think about what she's saying about Star Trek here? I. It, it, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I did purchase. I do have my own set of DVDs for um, uh, D Space Nine and Voyager. I was able to get a good price on them, but uh, but if you buy them brand new, you know, you're you're, you're going to be shelling out some bucks. And if you and if you decide to go the Blu-ray route, I mean, um, you're you're shelling out some bucks. Uh, you know the the you know the powers of B are double dipping in you know, on your wallet, and so yeah, it you know it's. I, it's there. There's things on the DVDs that I mean, like there's the, the um, either deleted scenes, commentaries, or interviews that that that's there that I would like to see. Uh, that's one thing I, I I mean I missed when I did this watch you know Stargate and, and watched Stargate Atlantis. Uh, thing with Netflix streaming, it's great. It's there, but they don't have the extras on there. Right, right, but. They're there, and so if you really, yeah. I mean, I mean, I could probably get the, get. I, they probably have the DVDs, and I could probably rent the DVD or you know, the, the extras on the DVDs. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Well, still weighs in, and uh, it's uh, probably an answer that we can never be totally satisfied with. But sure. Yeah. Well, we did have some news that came through, and people commented on this on Facebook. So let's talk about this. The, an article came out saying why Justice League shouldn't be a movie. Mm-hmm. And why it would be just downright disastrous. Do you remember reading the article here? I, I, I did. I did scan the article. Um, 
I wasn't really in agreement with it. I mean, just just with the title itself. So I didn't really, you know, look at the article too too deeply. Right. Well, let's um, let's talk. We had some comments on that, and Adam Adam said, "I agree with the author that author that rushing a Justice League movie would be, will be disastrous. I disagree with the notion that Warner Brothers should throw in the towel and give up doing DC Comics live action movies." Mm. So, and I kind of agree. I mean, DC Comics is, you know, they shouldn't throw in the towel with that. Oh, no. I mean, um, there's a, there are some rich characters that we want to see. Oh, yeah. And you notice, it's not that we're saying, it's not that Adam's saying, don't do a Justice League movie. saying rushing it would be bad. Uh, yeah, rushing would be bad. That's one thing that, you know, Marvel Comics was smart. They did a sort of a origin stories with all theirs. And they took their time to get up to Avengers. So Right. I mean, this we, movie was years in the making. And so we, we could easily do something like that with Justice League, right? Yeah, if they took their time, you know, they, they probably can't do origin stories on all the superheroes they want to feature in it. Because there, there's considerably more than there is in the Avengers. Yeah. But they could do them on the primary, you know, like the Batman, Superman, and, you know... Maybe Wonder Woman and whoever, but I mean, yeah. But 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 they could do it. Well, now what? Ra- Rachel chimed in. You want to hear what Rachel said? Uh, Rachel says I can't read this article. My son just saw the headline and is now traumatized that he won't see his beloved superheroes on the big screen. Obviously, I have to be make sure my my, husband, my son is not uh, reading over my shoulder when I'm uh, perusing my news feed. And and when he did, he learned to read all those uh, big words. <laughs> Yeah, that that would be uh, uh, traumatizing if you're like, what? No Justice League on the big what? screen? That how terrible. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about CW's The Arrow mm-hmm. uh, Comic Con. We had a trailer for it, mm-hmm. and we, we put it on our Facebook page, and people responded. Uh, what were some of the people saying about this whole CW Arrow? We'll play the trailer here in a little bit, but let's get the response first. Largely that. Um not so family friendly. Yeah. What did he start off with a torture scene? Torture scene and there's, you know, yeah. Green Arrow has to um take some more desperate measures than we see other superheroes usually take. Yeah. Well, this is Rachel. Rachel says, "I haven't told my son yet for fear this will be too adult for a 7-year-old." I hope not because he's currently addicted to superheroes. Yeah, Rachel, I I don't <laughs> think this is a show, a show you could watch with your son. Yeah. And what about Chris? Chris says, I was looking forward to this. I, I have been a Green Arrow fan since the Denny O'Neill days and followed him through uh, Mike Grail era and the Kevin Smith run. Yeah. This looks nothing like the Green Arrow I know. He kills someone to protect his identity. I remember in the comics when uh, he let a rapist uh, die instead of saving him, he went to a depression and questioned if he was becoming the monster that he was fighting. Yeah, and we don't know enough depth of character to see if this is what happens here, but it does seem like a departure from character if it's just... Yeah, we don't know what secret right, – I mean, is, it, is right. it his secret identity or what secret is he protecting? Yeah. And uh, I chimed in. I said, uh, that's the only thing I found a bit disturbing. I like my superheroes getting the bad guys. I don't even, I don't like them playing judge, jury, and executioner. I recently watched uh, Superman versus the Elite, which did a good job of exploring what might happen if superheroes did just that. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and, wa- and listen to this trailer, and then we can kind of wrap up our thoughts regarding that. The day I went missing was the day I died. At least on the inside. 
Oliver Queen is alive. Darling City resident was found five years after he was missing and presumed dead. What? Get that camera. How do I... He was the only survivor of the accident that took the lives of seven people. Has he said anything about what happened? I worry that those I left behind won't recognize me. I knew it. I knew you were alive. The island changed me. Tomorrow, you and me, we're doing the city. You've got a lot to catch up on. I'm not the person they remember. 20% of his body's covered in scar tissue. Second-degree burns on his back and arms. At least 12 fractures that never properly healed. They thought I was back to my old life. They thought wrong. I'd like you to prepare yourself. The Oliver you lost might not be the one they found. The day Oliver Queen died is the day something new was born. Sorry. I couldn't be angry. I couldn't grieve. That's what happens when your sister dies while screwing your boyfriend. The island forged me into a weapon. And I will use it against the criminal and the corrupt. I smell you have failed this city. Whatever I'll do. There are ways of finding out what my son knows. Stay away from me. I'm just gonna hurt you again. This isn't a game. Don't you saw that? What happened to you on that island? A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it... Despite it being, you know, a bit brutal, I, I'm interested in this. You see the you see uh, the Lex Luthor mansion from Smallville in it. Oh, mm-hmm. um, there's that guy from Sanctuary, the bald headed guy that's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some familiar faces here. It, it does look interesting. I will definitely watch the pilot when it comes out. But it, it, but we talked about it on our Facebook page as far as you know, as far as how our superheroes are are presented as far as what they do. I mean, are they being superheroes? Are they just being, you know, vigilantes. Um, so, um, 
but yeah, the the the, 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 super, the animated Superman movie I, I I watched really explored that theme well because there was this superhero team calling themselves the elite, but uh, they 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 didn't have a problem with um, killing the bad guys, and that was just a line that the superheroes, at least at least you know. Uh, ones we we watched that was why they didn't cross they still believe in the rule of law so yeah but uh, another interesting discussion yeah absolutely well let's wrap up we're running out of time here let's wrap up our show tonight uh by talking a little bit more about star trek we got rumors that star trek's returning to tv in the animated form mm-hmm. and we have some listeners respond back to that uh tamu said i hope it's done with good star trek values and doesn't sell out and mm-hmm. couldn't agree more it's not star trek without the star trek vibe and values and Radu said, "Such a tease, animated, huh? I get excited for a new live-action series. But if it's uh, if it's done as well as a Star Wars Clone Wars series, it could be interesting. We'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, are you looking forward to an animated series? I'm looking forward to anything anything Star Trek coming back to the they small could screen. They could put Star Trek on sliced bread, and you would buy it. I'd least take <laughs> give it a fair." Look. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks, folks, for joining us tonight here in the Sci-Fi Diner Conversations. We've had a good conversation here, Miles. Absolutely. And um, uh, look forward to seeing you after shore leave. If you're going to shore leave, drop us a line. Let us know that you're going to be there, and we'll try to hook up. And yes. um, and there'll be some episodes coming out before shore leave that we pre-recorded. And But we look forward to chatting with you guys after shore leave and hearing your thoughts on Alphas, Warehouse 13, Falling Skies, and many of the other movies that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's about it, Miles. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya.